Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. It was just one of these spontaneous things. And he sets a screen up and it's knocked out of the 38-yard line. And a fumble. And I just don't understand what made Reggie do it. Do the Packers have the ball? Apparently they do. Because he was almost falling. He was almost out of bounds. He ladders it. Give it to the Bobber goes to the touchdown. And I'm running down that sideline. I, I wasn't thinking about nothing but it being excited. My first ever touchdown. It is a touchdown for Leroy. And just spontaneously, I said, I'm going to jump. Again, to this day, I don't know what made me do it. Was that a big play or not? Was that a big one? You're not kidding there. The greatest moment of your life. On behalf of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You'll never forget it. It's my privilege to welcome you to Canton, Ohio. Ohio. I want to thank you for all you've done for the game. For all you're going to do for the game. They can never take it away. This is going to be the beginning of your journey, not the end of your football career. And this is what it's all about. The final score here at Super Bowl 31 is the Green Bay Packers 35, the New England Patriots 21. This is Pro Football Hall of Famer Leroy Butler. Finally. I tell you what happened. Uh, my two kids go to school early. Uh, Sierra and little Leroy. It was a normal day, uh, picking them up, taking them to school. I hear a knock on the door, but they didn't ring the doorbell. It was like a... And I saw Charles Woodson. I said, why is Woodson? It still didn't register to me. Open the door. And that's when I saw the gold jacket about 50 carats. I said, hey, if this is a joke, it's a bad joke, don't play with me. I've been waiting all my life for this. Don't play with me. And the emotion hit me. He said, Roy Lee, welcome to the Hall of Fame. From Robert E. Lee High School to Florida State University. To the Green Bay Packers to Canton, Ohio. Congrats to Packers safety and the fans' very own Leroy Butler on making the Pro Football Hall of Fame. From Packers fans across Wisconsin, this is 12.50 a.m. The Fan. Be 
That'll get you fired up right there here. And this is Hall of Famer Leroy Butler. Those are words that he has waited a long time to say, words that all of us have waited a long time to hear. Welcome to the Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Scott Karatsky, joined by Sam Schmitz. And we're all still sort of riding off the high of Leroy Butler getting into the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio this past weekend. Just an incredible and incredibly deserved moment for one of the greatest Packers to ever do it, and really one of the greatest guys to ever do it as well. Leroy Butler, uh, we would love to hear your memories, your comments, your thoughts on Leroy, both the player and the person. You can call in, of course, 414-677-1250. That's 414-677-1250 on the Fan Afternoon Show. But really, Sam, I, I don't think that there's anyone you could be happier for than Leroy Butler and just watching over the years as there's been the the semifinalist, the finalist, the not quite there, how much this meant to him. And I'm, I'm kind of glad that you and I are hosting today, um, talking about Leroy Butler, because, I mean, obviously I think our, our, our lives and how Leroy has impacted both of us are kind of different because, you know, myself being a young guy, I really don't remember Leroy playing because I was much too young to really remember his playing career. Obviously, it's as a, a Packers fan. not being a young guy. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I mean, but like, uh, as a Packer fan, you see the highlights, you know of Leroy Butler, you know the story of the leap and all that, but... I mean, working here and really being able to get to know him, it's kind of like he's such a good person that you kind of forget that he is the former Packers safety, the Super Bowl champion, the Hall of Famer and all that. And I think that's – I keep on hammering it. I've been kind of repeating the past couple of weeks with him going into the Hall of Fame. That's probably the thing I'm most happy about is that not only is his football career going to be immortalized in Canton, Ohio, but on top of that, now his story too with the club feet, the anti-bullying programs that he's a part of how impactful his mom was and stuff like that, like that all. And on top of that, like if you, if you see him at a pick and save, you can go up to him and he'll spark up a conversation for like 10 minutes straight with you. He'll sign a soup can if you don't have anything for him to sign. I mean, that that's what I'm most happy about with Leroy is that Hall of Fame player, Hall of Fame person, more importantly. Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about as I was coming over here today and really as I was watching his speech a couple days ago, I was thinking about how many times I've interviewed him over the last, you know, probably seven years that I've been in Milwaukee. I've talked to him more about the things he's doing in the community than I have about football. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't really think it's all that close. I mean, he is an unbelievably involved guy, uh, and he has made such a lasting impression on so many people here that that goes so far beyond football. And then you get to football where he revolutionized the game, or at least he revolutionized the safety position. It was not you, you didn't see guys rushing the quarterback as effectively as, as Leroy Butler did from the, the back. Um, and it's just great that his contributions were finally recognized. It took longer than it should have for someone who was on the all-decade team. It took longer than it should have for someone who, frankly, was better than John Lynch and Steve Atwater. Um, but it, it it's finally happened. And uh, in case you missed it, we have uh, Leroy's speech from his enshrinement in the Hall of Fame as well. And, you know... As much as Sam and I could talk about him, it is much better to hear it from the Hall of Famer himself, Lori Butler. DJ Khaled said it best. God did. Shout out to Drake and Lil Baby. You don't know the song. You must get the internet, people. When you play for the Green Bay Packers, a lot of doors open up. When you win a Super Bowl, all doors open up. Will you make the Hall of Fame? Football heaven opens up. You want to know why? Just guess. 
It's rare company. There's only 362 guys in the Hall of Fame. And I number 357. Growing up in Jacksonville, humble beginnings. Ah, nah, we nah. Yes, yes. Thank you, Duval. Duval County was amazing. But my mom, growing up in poverty, she made us think rich every day because it's not about what you have on or what you have, it's how you act. My siblings were amazing. My sister, platinum. Vicky, Vicky, my brother Michael, my brother Darian, and my brother Doug. They were great siblings to a special need kids like me. But I wanna thank my uncle, Charles Durham. He's the one that came over one day and said, you're trying out for sports. And he taught me everything I know. I love you, Uncle Charles Durham. My kids, okay? I have six daughters and a son. I know y'all feel bad for me. <laughs> Sharon, who's actually couldn't come because she's having my fifth grandchild. Don't I look good to be 54? It depends on the angle, though, so leave me alone. L'Oreal Butler. I named her when I saw her cosmetics. I woke up, I said, L'Oreal, that's her name. <laughs> Gabrielle Butler, that's my model. Someday I hope she get a modeling contract to help me out, because daddy ain't got no money, baby. Help me. Danielle, that's my IT. She the one even told me about TikTok and all. Maria, that's my little diva. I love her. Sierra. That's the only one of my kids that's actually taller than me, so I don't stand by her. Now, they say you're not supposed to say your favorite, but my favorite is my son, Leroy Butler IV. Just don't tell the other kids. My teachers were great. I want to talk about Hammond Gracie. He's the one to say, play both sports, don't worry about it. Just play. Miss Gordon, she's my algebra teacher. If she could teach me algebra, she's great, right? So I love my teachers and all teachers. My high school coaches, Coach Corky Rogers, the winningest coach in Florida history. Coach Belger, Coach Warner, and Leon Barrett. He's the one that tried to stop smiling so much and be tough, but I can't, Coach. But my life changed at Florida State. I was a Prop 48. Coach Bobby Bowden drives into the inner city, into the projects. I say, Coach, you can't just drive up in here. You got to ease your way down. I'm telling Miss Butler, I'm giving your baby a scholarship. Coach Andrews, get well soon. I love Coach. Couldn't make it today because he had, you know, he, Coach be going upstairs and just hurt stuff we don't have. Sit down and watch the speech, Coach. My life changed with the Packers. Now, I'm one of the few guys up here, maybe the only guy up here, to say I don't go and say hello to fans that pick and save. I say hello to owners. So, when Bob Harlan called me and said, we're going to select you in the second round, it meant a lot to me. I love Lee Rimmel. He's the one that took the call for me. Mike Holmgren, who I hope one day will be up here. I really do. He changed my life. And again, y'all just saw my wife. She's beautiful. And all she got to do is deal with the kids and keep them away from me. Nope. Talk to your mom. But again, I want to thank the fans. Without you, there is no Leroy Butler. And again, my teammates, you saw Gilbert Brown, my teammates, I love y'all. Where else can you go, the ultimate team sport, that I can have a bad game every now and then, don't Google it, 
and my other 10 teammates carried me. So my teammates, I love them. And in closing, the volunteers, I met all 2,000 of you, maybe took 3,000 selfies. I love you, respect you. The voters, thank you. 16 years is a long time, but it's worth the wait. Thank you very much. 16 years, definitely too long of a time, but water under the bridge now, it is over. Leroy Butler is a Hall of Famer, and you know, the speech, just so Leroy Butler. <laughs> that, that was a, every piece of that was everything you've grown to expect from 36. Starts with a DJ Khaled reference. Also shouts out pick and save in his Hall of Fame speech. Yeah, very on par. And also shouts out the volunteers and everyone else who helped him, whether it was a teammate or someone who he met for a day along the way. There wasn't really, any, I think the only time he really talked about his career really was a self-deprecating comment about I had bad games don't google it right it, it was about his teammates it was about his family it was about everyone who helped him and that's just that's the kind of guy that Leroy Butler is and that's the kind of guy who belongs in the Hall of Fame so we will continue to talk about that as well we'll hear from some more audio once again if you guys want to call in and share your stories feel free to as well we got plenty of time for you we'll talk some more packers at the bottom of the hour but 414-677-1250 or you can also tweet us at 1250 and the fan andy herman coming up at 345 as well it is the fan afternoon show and i also want to remind you guys about big time baseball as well and check out 2400 sports mlb coverage with big time baseball former players cody decker and tony gwynn jr along with MLB insider John Heyman, sit down every week to cover all the moving parts of Major League Baseball on the field, in the clubhouse, and in the front office. These guys have you covered with complete breakdowns of every team and an individual player worth noting on a week-to-week basis. New episodes of Big Time Baseball every Monday on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, if you guys want to share your guys' Leroy Butler stories, if you want to congratulate him about getting in trying to the Pro Football Hall of Fame over this weekend, feel free to call 414-677-1250. Or you can tweet us at 1250 and the fan. It's the fan afternoon show. Sam Schmitz, along with Scott Grotsky of CBS 58. More coming up after the break. Welcome back to the fan afternoon show. Coming live from the Lakeland University studios. Offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. This is Scott Grotsky of CBS 58. Along with Sam Schmitz on 1250 AM the fan. We are talking Leroy Butler. And we have plenty of reason to talk Leroy Butler. The Hall of Famer officially as of this weekend. And someone who revolutionized the the position of safety and revolutionized how you celebrate at Lambeau Field as well. The Lambeau Leap, of course, coming from him after fumble recovery for a touchdown that was pitched by uh, Reggie White that, uh, Sam, I'm not sure that was the best decision to make in the moment, <laughs> but, uh, you know, some of the some of the best things happen spontaneously. Right. Hindsight 2020, it all worked out. Now uh, every time Packer leaps in the stands because of Leroy Butler in that moment. So we had a caller call in last week and said that he was at that game and saw that live. I can't imagine because, you know, it's one thing we've obviously, you know, you and I, we've seen like teams win championships and stuff like that, covering games. But to see a moment like that where somebody leaps into the stands, something that hasn't happened before, and then all of a sudden it's just a part of the team's culture and legacy going forward, uh, that, that's got to be something that is just chilling if you saw that in person. It's, I feel like it's got to be something you don't even know what to do. Exactly. It's, it's like a Ricky Bobby moment. Like, what do I do with my hands? <laughs> like, I... There, there was no real precedent for it. And honestly, even then, it, it took a little while before it became exactly what it was. I know Leroy always says uh, Robert Brooks was a big part of making that a uh, a mainstay for the Packers. But it was that wasn't really 
an option. It wasn't no. it wasn't something you thought about. It was like Bo Jackson running through the stadium once he scored. Like it, it you know, you, you score the touchdown, you you spike the ball, you give the ball to the ref, whatever you want to do, and then you you go back. Yeah, I mean Leroy himself too. He said, I don't know why I did it. Yeah. I had no thoughts about it, it was just very spontaneous and uh it ended up working out and now it's the Lambeau Leap. Leaping into the Hall of Fame too. Leaping just... into the Hall of Fame and of course it's got his statue outside Lambeau Field too, which I, for my money, is every bit as cool uh, as the Hall of Fame as well. Although, you know, they don't usually ask the opinions on coolness of sports achievements to someone who dropped out of soccer in right. freshman year of high school. Well, on top of that, too, I got to get out to the Packers Hall of Fame, too. I want to see yeah. that little exhibit that they have for Leroy, too. Very happy that they decided to do that. It's been a while since I've been out there, so definitely got to make my way back up to Green Bay now. Yeah, no, it's uh, one more reason to go, and it's a the, the story behind Leroy and, and the club feet and pigeon toes and, and everything that he— that he went through as a as a kid. Um, between that and between, you know, the poverty that he grew up in, it, it to become what he became is remarkable. To become what he became and still be this wonderful guy who, you know, half the state of Wisconsin has a story of the time they ran into Leroy at a pick and save or at a Packers game or anything else. And how, oh yeah, no, he he talked to me for fifteen minutes, signed seven autographs. That that's special. Yeah, it, it's a special, special guy. And now he's got his own vodka. He's got his own brats. Got all this food and marketing stuff as well. So yeah, I mean, he is definitely. You talked about you know beating the odds and all that and living your life. That dude is definitely doing it. But I just I still can't believe that he is the humble, great person that he is. Like you were talking about too. Yeah, and most importantly, if he's listening right now, uh, the leap in lemonade. I cannot find it. Neither can so, I, man. I want to try it. Uh, yeah, that's that's really if you're taking away anything from this segment, it's that you should send us some leap and lemonade vodka. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, he might be here tomorrow, though. I've heard he might be in studio for the Wendy's Big Show tomorrow. So maybe we'll oh, talk I hope to he him comes then. in in the jacket. Yeah. Toby and I are taking bets on whether or not he would. I said 75% chance he does. Yeah. At least once. After that, though, if I were him, I'm keeping that thing in the bag and trying to keep it as clean as possible because I would not trust myself. No, and I would, stains, I would think it's the same. It's not that. like you, he doesn't wear the Super Bowl ring around all the time either. Yeah. But, I, I, yeah. No, I, I think I'd wear that the first day. Did you see the shoes? Yeah. Yeah, oh, the, the Week 36 shoes. Got to get those. Yeah. But let's – real quick, though, we got some more audio that we, that we want to bring you guys uh, about Leroy's – Hall of Fame enshrinement from over the weekend. I thought this was really cool. His two presenters, Gilbert Brown, his former teammate, the Gravedigger, and his wife, Genesis. This is the video via NFL Network that was played before uh, Leroy's Hall of Fame speech. So I was driving down the highway, and all of a sudden I hear that Leroy Butler has been picked for the Hall of Fame. I slammed on brakes, and I screamed out the window. By time they got my homeboy in this stuff here. By time. Puts from Butler and down he goes. Leroy Butler. I'll tell you, Leroy doing what he does best. What Leroy Butler did best was dominate. Over his 12-year career, the star safety had 38 interceptions and 20.5 sacks. Big hit. Becoming the only player in league history with three or more sacks and picks in three straight seasons. In 1996, Butler was key in the Packers' victory over the Patriots in Super Bowl 31. The memory that sticks out to me the most would be the sack that he had in Super Bowl 31. Down he goes from behind, Leroy Butler. I can remember Leroy and them talking about, do you know how these fans going to be if we win this Super Bowl? And now, baby, it's over. 
The Vince Lombardi Trophy is coming home. Oh, my goodness. What a way to end it. <laughs> but it was his leap into the stands that has left a lasting legacy. Butler again with the interception. He's going in the stands. There he goes. The old Lambeau leap. He got it. When you see other guys jumping into the stands, my husband started that. I will never forget that game as long as I live. And he sets a screen up, and it's knocked down at the 38-yard line. fumble. And I saw Leroy running towards the end zone. So I'm like, OK, he's going to score. It is a touchdown for Leroy Butler. And he kept running past that white line. I was like, what are you about to do? And he jumped in the stand, so I started to run over to help pull him off. But then I saw the fans. They got to see and touch something they never experienced in their life. And every time somebody jumped in the stands, my homeboy started. Touchdown, Green Bay! Period, exclamation point, it's over. The final tally for number 36. 12 seasons with four first-time All-Pro appearances. Selection to the 1990 Pro Football Hall of Fame All-Decade Team and a profound legacy in Green Bay and beyond. My husband is the perfect embodiment for the Hall of Fame because of his loyalty, his connection with all fans, and also his leadership. Keep doing what you're doing. No one should ever wear that 36 ever again. That number should be put up there in a glass and be broken only in emergency. I am honored and privileged to present Leroy Butler for enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Pretty solid mix of presenters there. The wife and the former yeah. teammate that was... Uh, you know, it, it, that's a lot of pressure on everything you do for the Hall of Fame, and Leroy nailed that part, too. Mm -hmm. Gilbert Brown, man. I mean, the story is when those two are together, it's it's comedy gold. I mean, Gary and Leroy are already a good enough combo and funny. It's just a bonus that they're football players, but Gilbert Brown is is just a whole other thing. So I'm glad that he had some time, too, to talk about Leroy because, I don't know, it kind of got me thinking about Packers that should have their number retired and all that. And I'm going to be honest, it's, like, it's weird when I see number 80 being worn by another Packer. Nick Collins obviously wore number 36 very well, but it's like it's weird seeing like Vernon Scott with 36. Yeah. I know you, it's like it, eventually if you keep on retiring numbers, it's going to be like the Yankees where like what numbers do you have left? But yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's a that's a tough one to make that decision on 36, but it's a tough one because it's, I mean, I, it's still weird seeing, you know, we're talking about Romeo Dobbs like he's a future Hall of Famer, exactly. but seeing him wearing 87 is weird. Yeah. But um, I mean, especially like, well, Today it's kind of it might be more beneficial because I mean you can wear like really any number. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely more flexibility now, which was always. I think Sky Moore, the everybody. Chiefs rookie wide receiver, he's wearing like number 24. Yeah, so I I, I never totally that. understood the need to have limitations on numbers anyway, but that's a different conversation for a different day. But I, I yeah, I I don't know that you're going to see the number be retired because what do the Packers have six numbers retired? Yeah, around that. I think yeah, I think Favre was six. Uh, Twelve will be afterward. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, and I, I don't. Eventually, someone will probably wear seventeen too. As right? Weird as that'll be, it just won't be for a year or two. It's just kind of weird. I mean, obviously, the Packers and Brewers different franchises, but you know, it's a, there's a reason Josh Hader, uh, his favorite player growing up, uh, wore seventeen. There's a reason he wore seventy ones because they didn't really retire seventeen for the Brewers. They, it's kind of like more of a silent retirement. Yeah. So 
don't know. Maybe they do something like that, but we shall see. Yeah. It's just, it, it, you know, it's also the Brewers have 25, 26 man roster, 27 if there's a doubleheader. Yeah. Packers have 53, and during camp you have 90. And it's, you know, the Bucks, the Bucks jersey retirements are all over the place where there are some who probably <laughs> should be, and there are some who. Maybe not necessary, but uh, anyway, we'll we'll go back to Lori Butler now, and we'll hear from the Hall of Famer himself after his enshrinement. This is through the uh, Packers Twitter account. Well, I think I accomplished my one of my goals. I want to be the shortest speech in NFL history. I hope I am. It's just important for me to just plan for one franchise. It means a lot to me. I mean, it really does. Bob Harlan, I love him. I mean, he did something for kids, African-American kids, Jacksonville, Florida, giving me a platform like the Green Bay Packers. Lee Rimble teaching me how to deal with the media. And again, playing with one team really does mean a lot to me. What emotion is coming to the surface for you right now? Well, my mom, because me and my mom always talked about this. And when she passed away in 2016, she said, well, when you get in, I want you to be the same guy. Thank the people who've helped you, like your teammates, your teachers, your family, your wife, people like that. And be accessible because other kids are watching you in the inner city or maybe going through special needs saying, you know what, maybe I can do the same thing. So I just want to be a role model and use the platform for good. Because power used to tell me it's dangerous if you don't use it the right way. So just like kind of coming to you instead of the other media, that's a big deal. Because y'all like my home team, so I take care of the home team. Speaking of home team, mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned fans in your speech. We yes. saw you interacting with fans down on the floor. How big a part of this day are the fans? Well, like I said before, I'm the only guy I can say that I meet my owners every day. Um, I love the fact since 1919, this one franchise, these fans say, I want to keep my team. I mean, uh, Mark Murphy and Matt LaFleur, the good thing about those guys and Gutekunst, they treat us like we're still playing. They treat everybody the same, and I love that. You know, a lot of organizations can't say that. Just because you're a Hall of Famer doesn't mean you got to be treated differently. And that's the one thing about the Green Bay Packers I'm very proud of, very proud of that. What does today's enshrinement mean? Well, it just means that I can relax, and not have the anxiety of wondering if I'm ever going to get in or not. Because that's tough on players. It really is. So and I had to wait 16 years. But I think about it, you know, Dave Kramer, 38 years. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Jerry Kramer, 38 years. Dave Robinson, 38, 40 years. I really, it's worth the wait. And I wanted to say that at the end of my speech. Because there's other, like, uh, finalists are watching this. And you want to send a message to them that it is a rare company, but you will eventually get in. So you got to be patient, just like everybody else. And don't kind of pit fans against fans. My guy should be in. Your guy should be in. And um, I think the good thing about it, though, is the voters are in a good spot now to be very fair. So eventually guys are going to get in, like Mike Holmgren. I would love for Bob Harlan to get recognized one day, Lee Remo. You know, Sterling Sharp, of course Aaron Rodgers, that's a slam dunk. Because we got to catch the Bears. So hopefully those guys will get in. 
And is there a message you want to deliver to the fans now on the heels of your enshrinement officially? And feel free to look right into the camera before that. Oh, I'm going to put my uh, pastor rag down for me. Yeah, hold that for me. We're connected now forever. That's why the leap is the best celebration. You can't have the leap without the fans. These other uh, organizations are great. But the Green Bay Packers and Leroy Butler, we're like this, and we're never separating. When they put my name out there, that's when I may lose it. Because you'll be in the stadium, 80,000 people who didn't know if you were gonna stay every year. And I'm a loyal guy, loyal to the Green Bay Packers. To me, the G stands for greatness. So it's, it means a lot. Thank you. That's Leroy Butler, Pro Football Hall of Famer, talking after his official enshrinement. You are listening to the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM. The Fan, we're going to be talking a little bit more Leroy, but we're also going to be talking a lot of the current Packers. Family night was on Friday. Team getting ready for their first preseason game coming up this Friday against San Francisco. We want to hear your thoughts both on Leroy, his legacy, and on the current team, you can call in 414-677-1250. Again, that's 414-677-1250. Or tweet us your thoughts at 1250AMTheFan. We will be right back in a minute. We're talking current Packers. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Well, that is some uh, music we got there. Uh, this is uh, the Fan Afternoon Show. Scott Gorotsky yeah. with Sam Schmitz, and uh, I had no part in that music choice. I'm going to go ahead and say Sam did, even though I know he didn't. But we're going <laughs> to no. keep talking through him right now. Never miss a moment from the fan again, including our music choices with the free Odyssey app. You can download the Fan Afternoon Show and listen whenever and whenever wherever works best for you. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know what. Uh, all right, we're going to go yeah. Packers now. I, I, I miss the Rami Show bumper. I'll, I've said this bunch of times like we had a good mix of hip-hop and all that and then they took it away from us so i'm not sure why they did that but it is what it is but yeah i'll be the heel for you scott yeah no i appreciate that we'll see if we can uh you know i, I feel nelly always classes everything up so we'll, exactly. we'll, we'll shoot for that uh tomorrow but uh packers uh getting ready for their first preseason game and finishing up family night uh i was at family night and you know i i gotta say uh did you watch any of it or 
I did a little bit. I was I was wrapping up some of my post show work as soon as it started, so I got to watch a little bit of it. And I pretty much had it on in the brew game in the background because I'm not sure. trying to go through the Apple TV, you know, mishap that happened on Friday because I don't want to go through that. So yeah, I actually up. It was kind of funny. I mean, I, this was probably the first time in a long time that I've actually watched damn near all the family night because we've kind of gotten lucky too this past Friday with the fact that there was like no rain or anything. Yeah, pretty for the good first weather. time in you know 30 years they had a family night that didn't have a rain delay. But yeah. uh, I mean, what what were your thoughts on it? Because I was I I think it was probably my sixth family night that I've seen. And I feel like every year it's gone less and less of a scrimmage and more yeah. and more of a, okay, here are some practices and we'll have 50,000 people show up. The only things that really like stood out to me, because like you said, they're just running through routes, they're running through you know drills and all. It's literally just like if you're watching an open practice, which, okay, if I'm a die, being the diehard football fan that I am and all that and working in this series, like, I can't imagine having to go out there and work it like, like you guys had to, but... You know, for a family, I had a cousin who went there with, uh, you know, their two kids and all that. And I, that had to be like the perfect thing because there's not, you don't really have to focus on the game. You can have fun and all that. But really, uh, as soon as I look up at the TV while I'm here at the station, I see, what do I see? It's Romeo Dubs going up for a 50-50 ball. That that really stood out. And then on top of that, we had a couple nice throws from Jordan Love with Devontae White right in his face and all that. So granted, you're going up against a lot of the third or fourth stringers too on defense. But there's there was some stuff where... Look, at the end of the day, Dubs, if he wants to be a good wide receiver, he's got to do stuff like that and just go up and get the ball. So. Yeah, yeah, I do like for family night, as much as it, it – it was a little weird for me seeing it not sold out and not close to sold out. Really? Yeah, it was uh, about 50000 So it's still 20000 more than the equivalent at Soldier Field, or I know the Eagles had one and they had 30000 there too. It's still a great crowd, but it, I was used to seeing it as a sellout. But what, what I like about family night is it does give – you a, a cheap option or a cheaper option to see the Packers play at Lambeau Field and to do it with a family that, you know, do you want to spend money on tickets if you have a five-year-old and a three-year-old who don't really understand what's going on? Yeah. And then the, the firework presentation afterwards yeah, and all and the that. Yeah, fireworks so are always great That's how it was too. for me when I was growing up. Like, a lot of the times we couldn't go to a regular season game um, as a kid with my family, so we went to a lot of, like, the preseason games too. Never went to a family night, and I think that would be a much you know more convenient route if you have a family, but yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you still got to see, you know, Aaron Rodgers do, you know, the the basket drill and all that. And, but like you said, there was a lot yeah, of things. Yeah, you saw Jordan Love beat him in that. Yeah. That was interesting. Love's been, uh, Love's that, of been... course, means nothing, but it was still interesting to see. No, Matt LaFleur's been praying Jordan Love and all that. And we'll yeah. hear from Matt LaFleur later on the show, too, around like 530. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to see some of the guys that you might not see get a whole lot of playing time later on in the regular season, like, try to make a name for themselves still and try to, you know, be productive in those reps. Yeah, and I thought uh, you brought up Romeo Dobbs. I think that the receivers are something that obviously, first of all, it's a skill position. People pay attention to it anyway. But second of all, with Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and Devontae Adams leaving, obviously it's under the microscope. And and I'm actually curious to hear what Andy Herman, who we'll have on in a couple minutes, thinks about uh, Dobbs' ascent so far. But it's it's just... It it's overwhelming how every single day there's a play from him yeah. and how every single day there's something of, look at this guy, look at this guy, look at how good he is. And then on the flip side, it's, all right, well, there's not really contact yet. Uh, he was a fourth-round pick, and, you know, are there guys who get missed? Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, the way, the way people are starting to talk about him, it's it's not – it's not just he's going to be the number one receiver. It's he's going to be a top 10 receiver in football this year. And that that's yeah. just not happening. No, I mean, he's not, he's not the Justin Jefferson, Jamar chases of the world and stuff like that. But 
I think for what Packers fans were hoping to get out of a late round wide receiver, mid round wide receiver, I think, you know, to be at least a very, um, I don't know, productive number three, number four wide receiver for the first couple of weeks. Cause I assume Christian Watson will be ready to go in a couple of weeks here. Hopefully. Yeah. That's the one I'm more, I'm interested to see. Right. And I saw he was with the rehab group today. But, um, so it's a good step, but I don't know. I'm not, I, and maybe yeah. I, maybe I'm having, um, uh, bad memory as I can't remember how to say bad memory correctly. Uh, oh, but yeah. maybe I'm having bad retroactive memory of, I, I feel like Jamon Moore was the standout of that oh, class uh, with him, Equinemius St. Brown, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Early in camp, I think it was Moore. Right. We that always, didn't work out. We always play, uh, every couple of weeks, we always play where in the world is Jamon Moore. And I think last sure. time we checked, he sure. was on like a practice squad in Atlanta. So, yeah, it's it's crazy how like sometimes those those uh, preseason darlings, those those training camp darlings, like turn out to be nothing. I mean, look at the hype that Jawan Winfrey got the past couple of years mm-hmm. too, especially. But I think there's something to be said about uh, Dobbs because, to me, when I look at his college tape and I, I look at the way he runs routes and all that, it seems like it's not flashy, but it's very sound. It's very, it could it could translate to the NFL a lot more quicker than some other rookie wide receivers. So. I think we were talking about him a, a couple weeks ago before Kevin was in here last week, and we were talking about who do you think is going to surprise people. And I, my first one was Dubs. I had a couple of uh, dra- you know defensive players as well, but I just think the way his game is going to translate to the NFL is going to help out um, Al Nazard and all the other guys. I think he'll make a couple more catches in the first couple weeks than a lot of people expect because I think it's going to take you know Christian Watson a couple weeks to make an impact. It's going to take a couple weeks for you know him to get caught up because. You even look at the guys that I mentioned, some of the top rookie wide receivers in the past couple of years, Jefferson, Jamar Chase. It took those guys till like week three in the regular season to kind of get their footing, which is kind of funny. We talked about last week, uh, last year, Jamar Chase, how he still had the uh, drop issues with yeah. the ball. And then, you know, sure enough, he's helping lead in the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl. So I just think uh, Dobbs is going to have a huge impact in the first couple of weeks, especially. I will say that, did you see the, uh, the Devonte Adams video that Chad Johnson posted? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, Chad Johnson posted another one of it in case you haven't seen it. Uh, another one of, uh, Devante's routes from, uh, Raiders practice and, and posted something about how, you know, like seeing stuff like this, this beautiful makes you want to cry. Mm-hmm. It does kind of make you want to cry as, as someone yeah. who watches the Packers because it just, he is so good, and I, I don't know what his numbers are going to look like with Derek Carr. I don't know what his numbers are going to look like in that offense. Right. I assume they're going to take a step down. Right, because uh, you got Hunter but, Renfro, Darren Waller around yeah, him. It, yeah. it's, I imagine it'll take a step down, um, but, man, is he crisp on his routes. And yeah. it's just – it. You and I are on the same page. I think we would have done anything and everything to make sure Devontae Adams stayed here in negotiations. Um, and that probably would have meant losing Rasul Douglas at the end of the day, but yeah, that's having, fine. having, having Bye. that, having that security <laughs> blanket, but Hey, at the end of the day, like I, I wanted to keep Devonte Adams here, but at the end of the day, a lot of, uh, listeners, a lot of callers here at the fan, this is what they wanted. Apparently they want, you know, Aaron Rodgers to spread the ball around more. So we'll see, but I don't know, trying to convince myself and whether or not this, you know, these, this core of weapons is going to be good enough to get to a Super Bowl. I don't know, man. That's, I'm not. Yeah, and I, I'd really and I, have to talk myself into it, and I, I'm not there yet. I think they did a good job of, of maximizing the money that they saved on Devontae and getting Rizul Douglas and getting Devondre Campbell. I'm not going to say that those guys aren't important. I mean, it's it's crazy. We're talking, yeah. anytime you talk about a Packers defense right now, you're talking about are they one of the five best in the NFL, not are they good enough to not cost the Packers a Super Bowl. So it, it is great that they used it productively, 
but to me, you can you can find uh, you can find a linebacker, you can find a nickel cornerback a lot easier than you can find a Hall of Fame receiver. Yeah. And honestly, they proved it last year by finding both of those guys. But be interested to see what uh, Andy Herman, owner of Pack a Day Podcast, thinks about that as well. We'll have him coming up in a few minutes here on the Fan Afternoon Show, talking Packers football. The Fan Afternoon Show, Scott Gratzky of CBS Fifty Eight, alongside Sam Schmitz. We're gonna. Bring in Andy Herman now of the Pack a Day podcast, writer and editor for Packer Report as well. You can find him on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. He is joining us via the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Andy, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. I know it's been a busy couple of weeks. Lots of Packers practice for you. Had one again today. How how'd everything look out there out by Lambeau Field? Yeah, it's really been sort of the same thing now for, I would say, uh, probably everything since day one of practice and that the defense was incredibly dominant once again. Uh, they held the the offense scoreless in the two two-minute drills. Uh, in the move-the-ball periods, the defense was able to get the offense off the field. It hasn't really mattered if it's been the one the twos, the threes, the defense has clearly been the dominant group so far throughout training camp. I thought the defensive line was super impressive today, led by Jerron Reed. Uh, Reed's been somebody who's sort of started to stand out basically from day one of training camp, and uh, he's continued to get better and better. I thought today he had about five or six plays that I had down in my notes where he was getting into the backfield, uh, resetting the line of scrimmage, getting pressures, had a coverage sack. Uh, he was all over the place. Um, I thought uh, Ladarius Hamilton had a really nice day, a couple pressures, a sack, forced an interception, um, and then Jair Alexander was just completely locked down. It was, it was another very impressive defensive performance. At what point does, does that start to become a concern for the offense and not a celebration for the defense? I think right now, at least for me personally, I'm still sort of riding the high of, all right, it's been a lot of years that I've been covering and or just watching the Packers, and we finally get to talk about how good a defense is instead of trying to see if a defense is at least good enough to not cost Green Bay something. But at what point do you worry about the offense not moving the ball? I know Aaron Rodgers said a couple days ago that, you know, at this point in camp, it makes sense for the defense to be a little bit ahead. Yeah, and to be fair, Rodgers even sort of predicted it before the start of training camp, thinking that it probably was going to be something that gave the offense some troubles, and, and he certainly was right. Like I said, they won the first day of camp. I think pretty much every day since then has probably been you know awarded to the defense. Um, but I, I think the concern that I would say, and, and everything's still early, right? So there's a, a lot of time left before we get to you know praising the defense too much or coming too hard down on the offense. But I think the offensive line would be the level of concern, and there could be easy answers to that, right? If Bakhtiari comes back and helps solidify that line and Elton Jenkins is back sooner rather than later all of a sudden you probably build a pretty darn strong offensive line and the answers to those questions become much easier and you probably have you know from left to right Bakhtiari, Runyon, Myers a variety of guys who could fit in at right guard and then probably Elton Jenkins at right tackle and everything's all well in the world uh, but I think if, if Bakhtiari is delayed or worse and, and Jenkins maybe takes a little bit longer I think those first you know games until they solidify the offensive line a little bit more uh, could have some major concerns on offense so I'd say that's where my concern level is right now but a lot of that's going to be dependent upon injuries and when they can get some of those guys back I saw Bakhtiari was out with the, the rehab group today outside right yeah, for a little bit, and it's been, it's interesting because the two days that he's been outside, I wouldn't say that he's like directly with the rehab group where you see some of those guys like kind of working together. Um, he's he's just a little bit off to the side of that and kind of doing his own thing. So, okay. um, you know, but he was at least out there and doing work for I think only the second time we've seen in practice so far. So anything from Bakhtiari is a good thing at this point. Okay, yeah, definitely at this point, it's a it's a waiting game that I think a lot of fans are ready to be done with and have the 
the best left tackle and football back out there on the field. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, I think I, I think contractually and legally we have to talk about him anytime we talk <laughs> about Packers training camp at this point. Uh, did, did he do it again today? Did he have another moment that everyone is talking about? And, and how how much can you take away from what a guy is doing for the first two weeks of camp versus what you expect when, you know, full pads, full contact, full press coverage, and, and full playbook? Yeah, I think you sort of just hedge your bets a little bit and just sort of understand that this is just still camp. And if there is a position where I think you can get a little bit of fool's gold come training camp and preseason can be wide receiver from time to time, that's not to knock Romeo Dobbs. I think he's going to be a very good wide receiver. But until you see, I, I mentioned this the, the other day on uh, on the podcast, I basically said, like, beware of, you know, the, the Tajay Sharp, right? Like Tajay Sharp for sure. the Titans came out as a fifth round draft pick and was the buzz of training camp, cut everything, you know, coming his way tore up preseason and then the regular season came and he had a nice rookie year. He caught like 45 balls and a couple touchdowns, uh, but didn't exactly set the world on fire. And that ended up being the best season of his career. He's still hanging around, but ended up with like 20 some catches last year, I think for the bears. So like you can have these stories where guys like tear up training camp and preseason and then all of a sudden, you know, the game started and it's not quite the same. I don't think that's going to happen for him. I think he's a very good football player, uh, but I would still say, like, let's just wait and see a little bit before we get too overzealous. I think today was a great example of that. I think today was probably one of his first come down to earth moments. Uh, he had a, like the, the good news is he had a one on one versus Jair Alexander. And he was the first person, I think, all training camp long. Uh, the first one, Jair shot him down. The second time, he actually got a beat on Jair. That was the first time I think I saw anyone beat Jair in a one-on-one -on -one or in any situation, all training camp long. Jair's been completely locked down. Dobbs gets a step on him, beats him deep, has a perfect ball his way, and unfortunately he drops it. And drops have been a little bit of an issue that's probably number, I want to say, four or five now uh, for Dobbs over the course of the last you know, week and a half of practice. So those have shown up from time to time. And then later in the two minute drill with the number ones on offense, uh, Dobbs is out to the right side and they just completed a pass up the middle and they were going up to spike the ball. And if, you know, I'm sure a lot of Packer fans will remember this, but every once in a while in the spike plays, what Rogers likes to do if the corner is playing off is throw a quick out route to the wide receiver and take five yards and get out of bounds rather than just burning it down. And that's what he was trying to do to Romeo Dobbs, but Dobbs didn't catch up or pick up on it on the play. He pointed to himself after the play. Rodgers points to the sidelines, basically saying, get out of here, and then Winfrey comes in. And Dobbs is back in a couple plays later, but I think this is a great example of just one of those learning days for Romeo Dobbs. Yeah, and there's going to be some of those, and there's going to be some of those growing pains as you go through any NFL season and certainly going through an NFL season uh, with Aaron Rodgers. I want to get to special teams, but you know, you, you said Tajay Sharp and I immediately go to fantasy football because there are some not great memories of people overdrafting him. And by people, I mean myself. Uh, do you have a bead on, on Packers receivers? What do you think is going to be happening? You're, you're in a fantasy draft that starts tomorrow. Who's your number one Packers receiver for this season? Yeah, I would probably still go with Alan Lazard. I think he's going to be the number one target and the player that Aaron Rodgers looks to the most. I think one of the, the reasons that I really hedge my bets that way is because, you know, we know Aaron Rodgers, right? Super detail-oriented. He's going to want receivers that are very precise, that are going to know the checks, the hot routes, everything that he needs to do at the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's like, like literally one of the true superpowers in the NFL is Aaron Rodgers' ability at the line of scrimmage. If you have a lot of guys out there that don't know some of the checks and the audibles or aren't as precise with that as Rodgers would like, that sort of takes a lot of that away. It takes all 11 guys on offense to be able to do that. And I think he's really probably going to lean on guys like Alan Lazard and Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb 
a little bit more to begin with and tell guys like Dobbs and maybe Watson and, uh, and Amari Rogers eventually, um, you know, sort of catch up to some of that stuff. So I think Romeo Dobbs is definitely going to have a role in this offense. I think Christian Watson will. I think Amari Rogers will. I think this is going to be a wide receiver group by committee. But when push comes to shove, third and longs, two-minute drills, I think you're going to see him uh, you know, target in on Alan Lazard a little bit more. Same thing in the red zone, and, and that's why I would probably hedge and say that that would be my pick first for the weapons on offense. Okay, and obviously some of those younger receivers will probably have to get their, their first work in on special teams. That's been a topic of conversation in Green Bay for as long as I've been here, and I think a lot longer than that as well. Um, what are your impressions of the new regime under uh, Rich Passaccia? I know it wasn't exactly a pretty day at family night. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily a pretty day on family night or today. I like here's the first thing I'll say. If if there's failures or issues this year, uh, I don't think this is going to be due to coaching or lack of coaching or uh, attention to detail. These coaches have been incredible with how they've brought intensity to the special teams practices with their attention to detail in special teams practices. It is a night and day difference in seeing how these guys are working and how they're coaching everyone up after every single play. It's been really impressive to watch. So uh, what that amounts to, I mean, we've seen enough Packers special teams over the years to be wary of any you know significant improvements, but uh, I've been really impressed with what the coaching staff has done so far and how they're coaching these guys up now like I said there's still hiccups along the way uh, there were some breakdowns in punt block or uh, punt um, protection today I thought Razul Douglas probably had an opportunity to block a punt even though he sort of held up uh, Pat O'Donnell you know hit it off the side of his foot because he was pressured on the play um, so that was an issue uh, you know not that uh, Ishmael Hyman's going to be returning punts in real games but he had a couple muff punts today um, it's just been those sort of issues that have sort of reared their ugly head from time to time. I don't, you know, with Mason Crosby out, Burkich has not been impressive as a kicker. Long snapper remains a serious concern. Uh, there continue to be inaccurate long snaps. So not exactly the most fun, sexy thing to talk about in the world, but definitely still some things that need to get cleaned up from a special team standpoint. No, and it's not the most fun topic, but it's also a topic that I think they certainly proved last year needs to be talked about. I mean, the the I don't want to brush over long snapper, and I can't believe I'm saying that out loud, um, <laughs> but uh is there anything that can be done there other than constantly coaching and, and trying to bring in new guys if that ends up being a problem? Yeah, I think the big thing, I mean, if they get Crosby back, that should certainly help the field goal kicking and, and the, the kicking game in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think long snapper is probably the one spot where they have to sort of figure out, all right, is one of those guys on the roster. Speaking of which, Stephen Wordle after a play went down and hobbled off the field today, so that'll be an injury to sort of keep an eye on as well. I think Jack Coco is ahead of him anyway if they do keep one of the two you know, long snappers, but um, either way, like I think this is going to be something that Brian Gutekinds is going to have to make decisions on when he's making 53-man roster cutdowns, when other teams release players and seeing if he can claim guys. It wouldn't shock me if their long snapper for the season wasn't on the roster, but that is a level of concern too, right? Because if you get into week one and like let's just say Mason Crosby is just finally making his way back and now you've got a new long snapper. We had, you know, Crosby hasn't exactly had a ton of time to work with Pat O'Donnell as a holder. Like all that timing takes literal time and uh, they're going to have to sort of figure that out on the fly if they make some last minute changes. All right, this is uh, Andy Herman, owner of Packaday Podcast, writer and editor for Packers Report. Find him on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Uh, before I let you go, uh, preseason game coming up on Friday. I know Coach Lafleur just announced that you know, as expected, Jordan Love will be starting. What are you expecting to see from Jordan Love on Friday, and what are you hoping to see from him on Friday? Yeah, I mean, I think the hope is that we see a significant step from him in the right direction. Um, uh, you know, I think what I expect to see, 
sort of the same stuff I've seen out of him so far in training camp. I think we're still going to see the inconsistencies, a player that hasn't played a ton of snaps in the NFL, whether it be in preseason or regular season. But I think you're going to see uh, at least some version of an improved Jordan Love from what we've seen in the past. I do like his footwork. I think he's more in rhythm. I think he's getting to the top of his drop better. I think he's reading the field a little bit better. But I think there's still going to be some hiccups and some learning curves along the way. So I think if we're expecting Love to come out and just have like, you know, 250 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, something like that. I think that's probably a bit wishful thinking, but I think there is a real legitimate chance that we can see some improvement out of him. How big that is, I think, remains to be seen. I think that's what's going to be sort of fun to watch through these next three preseason games. And he'll obviously be under a microscope for those three preseason games. What else are you uh, looking forward to in the games themselves? What, What will you have your eyes on? Yeah, they're definitely going to be watching the offensive line first and foremost. I think that's still the biggest concern. And, uh, you know, how some of these guys respond, Zach Tom, Royce Newman, you know, Josh Myers, can he continue to show improvement? Um, and then even some of the other guys, like your Cole Van Landens, your Yash Nijmans, like those are the guys that I really want to see and take steps. And, you know, if they can show even in a preseason game where it's probably going to be pretty vanilla uh, that they hold up pretty well, I think that's going to at least give Green Bay a little bit more confidence. If all of a sudden, you know, it's just vanilla, you know, four guys coming at them and they can't block it up. I think there's going to be a level, an even greater level of concern there. So that's definitely going to be besides Jordan Love, what I have my, you know, my one AIs on this week. All right. Definitely something to look for on Friday. Andy Herman of Pack a Day podcast and Packers Report. Thank you so much for the time. Hey, appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. You too. That's Andy Herman again, owner, Pack a Day podcast, writer, editor for Packers Report. Find him on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. He joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If you're applying for a home renovation loan, has you feeling anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. You are listening to the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.